Hello, this is Josh Christman, pastor of the Anchor Church of Cambridge, located in Cambridge, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life that God has called you to live. Believe that. Clap your hands one more time. He's worthy. Worthy of our praise. If you have your Bible, you can turn with me this morning to the book of John, chapter 11. If you don't have your Bible, you can read it off the screen. And I'm going to tell you, next time you come to church, bring your Bible. And if you don't have one, I'll give you one. Praise the Lord. Elbow your neighbor and tell him, bring your Bible. Now, now elbow him again really hard. No, not real hard. I'm just teasing. Bump him and say, if you don't have one, pastor will give you one. <laughs> Praise the Lord. John chapter 11. And John is my favorite gospel. Love the book of John. And then we're going to read Ephesians uh, chapter 1, verses 15. Praise the Lord. Amen. It's so good to see all of our guests this morning. Amen. Why don't we welcome them one more time? You come once as a guest, and after that, we just lay claim to you, and you're just family. Amen. So welcome to the family. Amen. John chapter 11. And I'm going to read, I'm, almost, I'm not going to read the whole story. Typically, I'll read the whole story, but I'm not going to read the whole story. I'm just going to read the important scriptures because I want to save time to preach. Somebody say amen. And I'm going to try to get you out of here by two. I'm just kidding. Some of you were about ready to get up and leave. Say, I got dinner on. I can't, you know, I like pastor and all, but you know, you got to <laughs> praise the Lord. Verse 25. Let me just tell you real quick. Lazarus is sick. He's a friend of Jesus. Sick even unto death. Jesus gets a note, message saying, that Lazarus is sick and his sisters Mary and Martha are begging him to come and heal Lazarus but Jesus stayed where he was at amen until Lazarus died okay so Lazarus is dead alright Jesus shows up on the scene alright they're mourning they're, they're mourning the death of Lazarus. They've already buried him in the tomb. Okay? 
They've put a rock over the opening of the tomb. They have sealed that circumstance as being over and impossible. Okay? He's been dead for four days. Somebody say four days. Anything that's been dead for four days is decomposing, decaying. Jesus shows up on the scene, and and Martha's, Lord, if you would have been here. And he says, thy brother will rise again. And she's like, I know, I know that he's going to rise again in the resurrection of the last day. But Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? Now let's go over to 34. And said, where have you laid him? They said unto him, Lord, come and see. Amen. They laid him in a tomb. Verse 39, Jesus said, Take ye away the stone. Martha, the sister of him that was dead, saith unto him, Lord, by this time he stinketh, for he hath been dead four days. And Jesus saith unto her, Said I not unto thee, that if thou wouldest believe, thou shouldest see the glory of God. When they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid, And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. And I knew that thou hearest me always. But because of the people which stand by, I said it, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. And when he thus had spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was bound about with a napkin. Jesus saith unto them, Loose him and let him go. Amen. Somebody say, Loose him and let him go. Ephesians 15. You know what? I'll read that after you sit down. Why don't we just lay our Bibles down right where we're at? I'm going to preach to you this morning on this subject, a call to life, a call to life, come as you are, a call to life, come as you are, lay your Bibles down, lift your hands to the Lord, God, we're thankful, Lord, this morning for this service, we're thankful for your spirit that we feel in this house, God, we're thankful this morning for every person, God, that you've drawn to the house of the Lord today. I pray, Lord, that you would just do what you do, God. I pray that you would show up in this house and make an eternal impact on every life, on every mind, Lord, on every spirit, God, under the sound of my voice. I pray that you would give every person eyes to see, ears to hear, and hearts that would be understanding of your word. God, I pray for an anointing, Lord. God, that would destroy every yoke. God, anoint me, Lord, and unction me, God, into a vein of the anointing that would lead me straight to the heart of this people, God. Lord, I pray it in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Clap your hands one more time.
Praise the Lord. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. Praise God. Somebody say, praise the Lord. A call to life. Paul writing in the book of Ephesians, he says, Wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love unto all the saints, cease not to give thanks for you, making mentions of you, mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that ye may know what is the hope of His calling and what the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of His power to usward who believe according to the working of His mighty power which He wrought in Christ when He raised Him from the dead and set Him at His own right hand in heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come, and hath put all things under His feet and gave Him to be the head over all things to the church, which is His body, the fullness of Him that filleth all and all. And you, somebody say, and you. And you, somebody say, and you. And you, somebody say, and me. Hath He quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. Amen. How many know this morning that if it were not for the illumination of the Spirit of God and God giving us the ability to see what we need to see and understand what we need to understand, that none of us would have the capability of receiving the salvation that He has for us. Amen. Without the Lord intervening, Amen. In our lives or in our situations, we would be lost and without hope in this world. Amen. Without the Lord hearing our cry and calling to us. You know, sometimes I think we don't really understand what it means to be called of God. Amen. How many know that there is a call of God? Amen. God has more for your life than what you've experienced up to this point. How many believe that? Amen. God has greater things in store for you and for your family. Amen. God doesn't want us to suffer uh, in our situations and our circumstances and, and, and live our lives in utter despair and hopelessness of our future and of our tomorrow. In fact, He is calling us to an eternal walk with Him. Come on. He is calling us to an eternal life with Him. He is calling us up to a better and to a greater and to a greater hope and to a greater calling. How many believe that? If you believe that, clap your hands. He's worthy. Amen. But Paul said at the end of this passage, he said that you were dead 
in your trespasses and in your sins. My Bible tells me that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There is none good. No, not not one. And some people might try to say, well, I've lived a good life. I've tried to live according to the law, and I've tried to be a good person, and I've tried to live a good life. I've, I've tried to do what is right. But regardless of our human effort. Amen. We fall uh, short. Amen. Because all have sinned at some point in our life. Every one of us have made the mistake of doing something that's contrary to God's word. Elbow your neighbor. Tell me he's talking to you now. Amen. Every one of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Why is that? Amen. First Corinthians 15 tells me, for since by one man death came, By one man also the resurrection of the dead, which were by the law. Amen. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. Amen. We understand that the the, the sin that was committed in the Garden of Eden... The, the, the disobedience to God's law. God told Adam, You're, you can eat of every tree in the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of the good and evil, thou shalt not eat. Amen. How many know that there are some thou shalt not? Amen. Amen. There's a lot that you can do, but there's some things that you can't do. Come on. There's a lot, lot of things that are lawful for me, but there are a lot of things that are unlawful for me. Amen. And so when Eve was hanging around the tree, and the Bible says that the serpent beguiled her, which means that he convinced her, he tricked her to eat of the garden that was in the mid, the tree that was in the midst of the garden, which was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And he said, uh, uh, you shall not surely die. You sh- uh, God, God told you that because He knows that if you eat of that tree, that you'll be like a God, knowing both good and evil. And I want to tell you today, that's a lie, amen, from hell, amen. And anybody that tries to tell you that sin is good for you, they're lying to you, amen. They're, because the, my Bible tells me that the soul that sinneth, it shall die. Somebody say amen. And so Adam made a decision when Eve brought the fruit. Hey, Adam, why don't you take a bite of this, this apple called an apple? Take a bite of this apple. Look, I took a bite of it, and nothing happened to me. Right? Because we think the, the repercussions of doing wrong are going to happen immediately. But that's not what my Bible tells me. They don't happen immediately. But it also says that when lust is conceived... It brings forth sin, and when sin is finished, it brings forth death. But there is a process of growth that takes place. If you sow to your flesh, you shall of the flesh reap corruption or waste. If you sow to the Spirit, you shall of your spirit reap life everlasting. Amen. And so it's not an immediate effect that takes place when we do wrong. It takes, uh, it takes a little bit of living before you reap the benefits of what you've done. Somebody say amen. 
And so she's like, she's like, no, it didn't happen to me. Here, why don't you take? It's good to eat. And, and the serpent said we'd be like gods. And so the Bible says that he hearkened to the voice of his wife, and he broke the commandment of God, and he ate of the forbidden fruit. Amen. He exercised his own will and his own set of morals to do what he wanted to do rather than what God would have him do. Amen. And the moment that he decided against the word of God, he trusted the voice of the serpent. Come on. And anytime you trust the voice of your adversary, it will bring forth death. It will carry with it a seed of death that will bring destruction to your life. Amen. And so it didn't happen immediately. There were some effects. Amen. But the Bible tells me that the voice of God in Genesis 3. Somebody say the voice of God. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. They heard the voice of the Lord walking in the cool of the day. Amen. Because every day, round about sundown, amen, there was a, there was a voice of the Lord that would come into the garden and want to commune with Adam. Amen. He wanted to spend time with his creation. He wanted, they had an appointment. Amen. That they were going to commune together and he was going to, he was going to give Adam understanding and enlighten the eyes of Adam and love on Adam. And Adam was going to give him love and adoration back. But on this day, when, when God entered the garden, there was a different set of circumstances. There was a different dynamic at play. Because Adam and Eve had sinned, and they knew that they had broken the commandment of God. And so when they heard the voice of the Lord coming into the garden in the cool of the day, amen, their response to the voice of God was to hide because they understood what they did was wrong. They understood that He asked them not to partake of the tree uh, in the midst of the garden, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, but they, they did according to what they wanted and not what God wanted and they ran and they hid themselves amongst the trees in the garden they tried to blend in amen they tried to hide themselves has anybody ever tried to hide amen have you ever played hide and seek when you were a kid I remember when my kids were just little they loved to play hide and seek and they'd say dad you, you want to play hide and seek All right. Okay, Dad, count. Close your eyes. I'll be like, one, two, three, four. And they run off, and I'm like, you know what I'm talking about, Mike. And then a couple minutes later, you're like, oh, they're hiding me. You forget. Dad, are you looking for me? <laughs> and so here you go. Ready or not, here I come. And you come, and there's Luke hiding in the corner like this. 
Because he thinks if, you, if he can't see you, then you can't see him. How many know that's how kids are? Amen. They cover, he's covering his eyes, and I'm walking around him like, man, he must be in a good hiding place. Because I, I have no idea where he's at. And he'll be like, you know, because he thinks if I can't see he can't see me, then, then I can't see him. You know, that's the way we are with God. We think that if we hide good enough, that maybe he's not going to see us, or maybe he's not going to notice us, or maybe he's not going to care about the way that we're living or what we've done. Come on. Or what the, any kind of sin that we've committed. Come on. And so we, we, try, to, we try to hide ourselves from him. But, but, but hiding from God is fruitless. Because the Bible, my Bible tells me that the eyes of the Lord are in every place. Right? They run to and fro in the whole earth. Uh, he said, can I ascend to the highest mountain and, and, and he not find me? Can I, can I descend into the lowest valley and he not know where I'm at? Can I, can I go to the depths of the ocean and God not see me? It don't matter where you run, where you go, what you cover yourself in, what kind of thing you try to take in to cover up your grief and your pain. God sees you, knows where you're at. Your hiding is futile in his eyes. They're hiding from God. And God says, Adam, where art thou? Yeah, when God asks a question, he's not looking for an answer. You know, he knows. He knows where you're at. He knows what you're going through. He knows what you've done, right? But the what's bothering him is the fact that you're hiding from him. Amen. It's not necessarily the sin. Yeah, God hates sin. But He understands that if you sin, that we have an advocate to the Father. Amen. Jesus Christ the righteous. And the reason He came looking for Adam is because He was not okay with the distance that was created by Adam's decision. You see, Adam was okay in the moment with, the, with his decision and the distance that was created between him and God. But I want to tell you this morning, God's not okay with the distance created between you and him and he's going to come looking for you he came looking for you this morning amen and I believe there's a call of God in this house to call you out of where you're at, what you've done, what you've been through, whatever you've committed. It's not bigger than the mercy and the grace of God and the love of God. Clap your hands to the Lord. He's worthy. Amen. He comes out. He's like, Lord. With fig leaves. We're so, sometimes we're so silly. Can you, God's probably like, Lord, what are you doing, Adam? Well, I heard your voice, and I got scared. And, and I realized I was naked, and I hid myself. 
because I didn't want you to see me in this condition. But he created us. Amen. He declares the ending from the beginning. The fact that Adam ended up where he was at was no surprise to God. Come on, it was a surprise to Adam because he didn't realize what he, his choice that he made was going to cause what it caused. He didn't realize that the decisions he was making was going to bring on him the things that it brought on him. He didn't know he was going to feel the way that he felt. He didn't realize how far he was going to fall. Come on, he didn't realize what he was going to lose. And I want to tell you today, you don't have the capability of knowing before it happens you ended up where you're at because of the, de- the decisions that you made. But God's not surprised by it. You might be surprised by it, but God's not surprised this morning. And he's come looking for you to let you know he's got an answer to your questions, a solution to your problems. He'll make a way where there seems to be no way. Amen. Adam got us in this mess. Amen. Because of what he did, sin was passed to us. Through Adam, all men sin. Death, and the Bible says, and death by sin. And so when we sin, what is sin? People don't preach about sin anymore, but how many know sin is the enemy? What is it? It's, it's a transgression of the law of God. The Bible says that he that knows to do good and does it not, to him it is sin. Amen. And so when we know what to do and what's right and we don't do it, we're walking in sin. We are sinning. We are making a decision to sin, okay? So we can blame Adam all we want, but there's a lot of decisions that we've made that Adam didn't make. Come on. There's a lot of things we've done that Adam didn't do. Come on. Amen. And so we have to take we have to acknowledge the own our own condition and what we're living in. In order for us to get help, we have to realize that it's not our parents' fault, it's not our family's fault, it's not the curses that was passed down, it's not what somebody else did to me that caused me to be the way that I am. I have to acknowledge my sin and understand that the decisions I make are going to directly affect my life. And when I stand before God, God, I'm not going to give an account for any of you or what you've done, but I'm going to give an account for me and my life and what I do and the things I decide to do. I have to answer for me. So don't look at your neighbor. Don't look in the rearview mirror and blame everybody else for your condition. It's time that we look square in the mirror at ourselves and we say, you know what? The reason you're going through what you've gone through is because of the things you've done. And so from now on, I'm going to take responsibility for my own life, for my own heart, for my own words, for my own actions. Amen. Somebody say, take responsibility. Quit hiding from God. God's not your enemy. 
Amen. Every one of us know what I'm talking about this morning. Amen. You've tried to hide. You, you commit a sin or you do something you shouldn't do and you don't come to church. You don't come to church because sin will separate, tries to separate you from God. It tries to create distance between you and the only one that can help you. Amen. And when you're, when you're separating yourself from God, you're separating yourself to, from the lifeline, from the only thing that can bridge the gap and bring you from where you're at to where God has called you to be. And I come against every voice of condemnation and judgment. The love of God is greater than any condemnation and any judgment. God wants to heal you, save you, and restore you. Somebody say amen. So if you've not received redemption, you're dead. In your trespasses and sins. Like the song said, I was breathing, but I wasn't alive. Somebody say amen. I'm breathing, but I'm not alive. My spirit is dead unto God. Amen. In our story in the book of John, there's a story about Lazarus. Lazarus is Jesus' friend, and he becomes sick. And Jesus gets the notice that he's sick, and he stays where he's at. Come on, I got an hour left. It's only. I'm just kidding. I'll try to, I'll try to get done in 45 minutes. He's sick, and Jesus gets the, the notice that he's sick, and he stays where he's at. And that, that, that's intrigued me in the past. You know why? Jesus heard the petition of Mary and Martha and knew that Lazarus was sick, but he stayed where he was at to finish his business before he went. And the moment that he knew that Lazarus was dead, he said, okay, it's time for us to go to Lazarus before he sleeps. And so his disciples are like, oh, he's sleeping. Well, that's probably good for him. Why would we want to go wake him up? Jesus said, he's dead. He just basically, he, he just bluntly tells them, Lazarus is dead. And we're going to go that you might see the glory of God. Amen. So there's more at work here than just the sickness of Lazarus. Jesus wants to make an example of Lazarus and his life. Come on. He wants to prove and show that he has the power over the impossible. Come on. That he has the power over death. Amen. That even though he's dead and been dead for four days, come on, he showed up on the scene not necessarily just to raise Lazarus from the dead, but to make Lazarus an example to every one of us that there is no limit to his power. That regardless of the circumstance, the situation, what's going on, what's holding you back, what's holding you down, nothing is greater than the power of God. Amen. Nothing. He steps onto the scene. They're mourning. Amen. They, they are. They're mourning the death of their brother. He's been dead for four days. Every one of us have had loved ones that's passed away. Amen. He's, he's buried in the tomb. They've already written it off. 
They closed it up. They sealed the tomb off. They, they closed it up. They set that aside as finished. Somebody say finished. It's over. This is, this is over with. This is done with. It's finished. Amen. We're going to set this aside and we're going to grieve. Amen. And they're grieving. They're crying. They're weeping. The mourners come in and they're crying with them and weeping and helping them grieve. And Jesus shows up. Man, he's on the road to, to Bethany. Martha hears that Jesus is coming. And she runs out to meet him. Lord, what, what, what would we say? Lord, if, if you would have been here, right? If, if you would have showed up on time, if you would have done what you promised, come on, if you would have kept up your end of the bargain, if you would have showed up, then we wouldn't be in this situation. Come on, if you would have done what you needed to do, God, where were you at, amen, when I needed you? Where were you at when I prayed? Where were you at? But I want to tell you this morning that when Jesus shows up, it's time, amen. We might feel like that he missed it. We might feel like sometimes that he's not on time and that he don't understand what we're going through but he knows where we're at he sees what we're going through and the fact that he showed up this morning to call us out uh, lets us know that it's not too late you haven't run out of time that it's not impossible he tells Martha he says stand uh, just just hold still you're going to see the glory of God your brother's going to rise again she says I know Lord I'm not making fun of her. I'm trying to get the feeling. I know, Lord, I know that he'll rise in the last day. I know. But that don't help me now. You know, there's a doctrine that'll tell you you gotta wait till you die to get resurrected. That's false. Amen. Because Jesus said, in response to what she was saying, he said, I am. Come on, I am the resurrection and the life. Amen. Not I will be, not I have been, but I am. Present tense, the resurrection and the life. He that believeth on me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And he that liveth and believeth on me shall never die. He's making a statement to the situation to let her know that regardless of what you think is going to happen, yeah, I believe there's going to be a catching up, a calling away. We're going to leave this place one of these days, but only to those that are resurrected here. you got to get it here. Come on. you got to get it here. Amen. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. He wasn't just talking about Lazarus, but he was talking about every soul, every person that would ever be in a grave. Come on, I'm not talking about in the cemetery. I'm talking about wrapped up in sin, covered by things that you've done, things that you've been through, covered by failure and adultery and fornication with no way out. But Jesus said, I am the resurrection and I'm going to reach for all that are dead. Somebody say amen. amen. Come here, Luke. 
lot of things that we could be wrapped up in today. It was customary that in those days when somebody died, they would wrap them in grave clothes and they would bury them in the tomb. And those clothes are for the grave. Amen. They represent death. Amen. There's a lot of things that that we could be wrapped up in today that can be holding us in the grave. Somebody say amen. Addiction. How many know that's something that that's something that can wreck our world, that can bind our lives and ultimately destroy us? Somebody say amen. Let's wrap him up with addiction. Jealousy. Jealousy is a work of the flesh and can lead us to do a lot of things that are damaging to our own lives. Somebody say amen. Lust. (laughs) Come They probably can't see this on live stream, can they? Man. You're welcome. Pride. How many know pride goeth before? And a haughty spirit before? Yeah. Pride also covers your eyes. Easy. We don't want to cause the boy to pass out. Fear. know what your plan is. Is that bad to the bone? Who's got bad to the bone? Sister Eva Hupp is bad to the bone. And Brother Hupp said, Amen. (laughs) I wasn't always a preacher. Hatred. Fornication. I'm getting tangled up in your mess. That'll preach, won't it? Anger. Oh, I got the lily now. 
praise the Lord. Failures. Mistakes and failures. Amen. Get down there around his legs more. Wrap his legs up real good. We want to be able to hinder his ability to move. Come on. And all this sin, things that maybe are without names, things that happen to our lives that bring destruction, abuse, and, and, and maybe things that other people have done, maybe decisions that other people have made in our lives that, 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 that cause a certain mindset. How about negative mindsets, destructive mindsets? Amen. Low self-esteem. Amen. Because when you're living and you're wrapped up in grave clothes and you're living a death kind of life, it's hard to be optimistic about your future. Come on. It's hard to be optimistic about where you're heading and where you're going. And it's really hard to, to get any answers at all. And here is Lazarus. He's wrapped up in grave clothes and he's He's, he's buried in the tomb. And, and I wonder this morning how many of us walked in this building today that we are wrapped up in things still that we have not gotten free from and we haven't aptly responded to the call of God in our lives because of the things that we're carrying with us. Amen. That are taking us to the grave and burying us in doom and gloom and hopelessness and fear and condemnation. Come on. And judgment. Amen. But I want to tell you this morning that this is not the will of God for our lives. Amen. We come into church and we, we, we get there any way we can, but we're bound by the sins of our past. We're bound by things that we've done. We're bound by things that are uh, uh, without fail going to put us in the grave and ultimately give us a resting place. Amen. He looks comfy, don't he? Amen. Lazarus was in the tomb. He's dead. Amen. Quit moving. You're dead. I forgot to ask you, is that the suit you want to be buried in? He, he's, he's dead. He's, he, he's hopeless. He's lost. Come on. He's, he's laying in a condition that he can't get out of himself. Amen. He's, he's wrapped up in grave clothes. The stone is over the grave. The finality of his life, it had finally come to an end. It is over. His family's weeping. His family's crying. Everybody that knows him is weeping and mourning. But Jesus shows up on the scene with an agenda, with a plan. Amen. Because he understands something that they don't. That he has the power of life within him. Come on. He has the power of resurrection within him. That's why he told the Jews, destroy this temple and in three days I'll raise it back again. And they said, this temple was 40 some years in the building and he's going to raise it up in three days. But they didn't know that he was talking about his ability to resurrect himself. And my Bible tells me that the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal body by his spirit.
Amen. Take away the stone. Amen. I'm going to tell you right now, as a church, we have, well, well, our attempt, uh, our, our job is to try to remove every barrier, to try to remove every barrier that keeps the dead from coming back to life. Come on, somebody look at me. I'm trying to preach. Amen. Don't laugh at me, Ashley. I'm sorry if I embarrassed you. Forget what I was saying. Amen. Amen. As a church, come on. Well, our responsibility, come on church, is to take away the obstacles, to remove the barriers that keep the miraculous from happening, Amen. that keep the dead from coming back to life. Jesus didn't remove the stone, but He commanded them, take away the stone. Amen. When, when people come in off this, I believe that God can do anything. I believe that He can resurrect any life. I don't care how far down, how far dead, how long dead they are. I don't care how impossible the circumstances we got to believe that God is able. He is able. Amen. Took away the stone. Lazarus, come forth. Notice that he was specific. Brother Smith told me this morning, if he would have just said, come forth, all the graves in the neighborhood would have opened up. Amen. Because the power of the word of Jesus Christ has the power to resurrect. And when he said, Lazarus, Come on. He started calling His name. He started calling Him out. Amen. He started calling to Lazarus because even though He's in the tomb, there's still a plan for His life. And even though He don't have the life that He once wanted or once had or once thought He wanted, Jesus is about to give Him a life that He didn't know existed. And so He said, Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus, Okay, now, hold on a minute. He's been dead for four days. All right? Think about this for a minute. The call of God goes beyond just our natural ears. Amen. It goes beyond just just what we can hear with our natural ear and beyond this realm. The call of God echoes down the corridors of eternity. Amen. And when he spoke to Lazarus, Lazarus' spirit had left his body four days ago. Amen. Four days he'd been dead. And so when Jesus said, Lazarus, come forth, how many know that Lazarus is in eternity and he hears the voice of the Lord? Come on. He, is, he, he hears the voice of God calling. And he said, you know what? I'm going back where I came from because I hear the Lord calling me. And in a moment, his spirit comes back into his body and he starts twitching. 
He starts moving, but there's a problem. He's still in the grave. He's wrapped up in grave clothes. So when the Lord calls, he knows that there are some things restricting you. He knows it's going to be hard for you to get from where you're at to where he's at. He knows that that grave seemingly has power over your life. But I want to tell you, it's your will to live greater than that what binds you. Because if it is, Jesus has the power to loose you. Amen. And so Lazarus started doing everything that he could to get up. Come on. Jesus is calling me. Jesus is calling me. I got to get up. I got to get where he's at. I got I to gotta make it to Jesus. I don't know how I'm going to. I don't know. I'm going to have to reach down deep to get up. I'm bound in grave clothes. But I want to answer the call of God. Come on. And as he's getting up to his feet, he can't see. Come on, he can't, he can't really walk. He's just coming out of the grave. Come on, he's just responding to the voice of the Lord. I don't know how I'm going to get out of this. I don't know where to go. I don't know what to do. But I know I hear the voice of God. I know I hear God calling me. I know that he's pulling on me. I know that he's got a plan for my life. And I, I'm responding to the voice. Come on, Luke. Come on, respond to the voice. It's hard to get here. There's some things binding me. There's some things keeping me from where I need to go. But I made up my mind. I'm going to answer the call of God. I made up my mind. I'm going to get out of this grave. I made up my mind. I'm going to be free. Clap your hands to the Lord. And the Bible says, He that was dead. Got up and came forth. And as he showed himself outside of the tomb. Come here, Matt. He said, Loose him. Hold on a minute. Don't go too fast. When he got up, addiction fell off. Amen. Come on. It can't keep you from getting out of the grave. Amen. It might be on you right now, but it can't keep you from getting out. Come on. It can't keep you from making your way to the Lord. It can't hold you back. I know that it's attempted to dominate your life up until this point, but it can't hold you back if you want out. Come on, if you want out, stand to your feet all around the building. If you want out, the time is now. If you want out, God is calling to you. If you want out, His voice is clearer today than it has ever been. He's pulling on your life. One by one, as he stood before the Lord, everything that he was wrapped up in began to be taken off. Mm. Jealousy, anger, fornication, lust, pride. Failures, past mistakes, 
Come on, what is it this morning? What is it that seemingly has power over your life? That's holding you down. Keeping you back from living the life that God has called you to live. Amen. When I was praying for this service this week, there was such a call of God in my spirit. I tried to tell Becca over the phone while I was working what I was going to preach about because I needed her to help me. Typically don't share what I'm going to preach about before I preach it. But ask her, even on the phone, I couldn't but weep. I couldn't get it out because all I could do was weep. Stay right here, Luke. Why don't we give Luke a hand this morning? The call of God on your life. Amen. So when you lift your hands, God, in the name of Jesus, by the power and the authority of the Word of God, saturate him, God, in your anointing, I pray. Loose him, Lord, I pray. God, to be the man that you have called him to be. Why don't you lift your hands all around the building right now and respond to the Spirit of the Lord. God, I'm here, Lord, today in your presence. Go ahead, Luke. There's a call of God in this house. Now, I want to tell you, you're probably not going to hear the audible voice of God calling your name. You might, but most of us won't. I've heard the audible voice of God one time in my life, like he was whispering in my ear. Amen. He, he, may, he may not, I don't know, but typically what it is, is that you feel a pull on your spirit. Amen. There's a, there's a discomfort that you feel in your chest or your, your inner your inner being and, and there's a there's a there's a, a an unhappy feeling that you feel on the inside because God's not okay with the distance and he knows that the only way that that distance or that separation can be closed is if you respond he knows that he can, He's going to call you. He's going to pull on you. Come on. He's going to call your name. He's got a plan to do exceeding abundantly above all that we could ask or think in our lives. But the question is, are you going to respond? How are you going to respond to the call of God? Are we going to make excuses? Well, I've done too much. Come on. The things I've done, the, the roof of that church would fall in on me. That's false. Somebody say amen. He lets me hear. Anybody knew me before I became a preacher knows. I'm a testimony of the power of God. Amen. He can change it. He can fix it. We'll try to make excuse that, well, it's just not convenient right now. I'll do it later. Well, I want to tell you, now is the accepted time. Today is the day of salvation. We don't pro we're not promised tomorrow. If God is pulling on you now, 
He's letting you know He's not happy with the distance. And He wants you to close the gap. And He wants you to come forth. He don't care what you're carrying. Come on. He don't care the mistakes that you've made. He don't care about the failures. Come on. He don't care about what you did last night. Come on. He don't care about any of that that's seemingly sent to keep you from getting where He's called you to be. But you have to make the decision. I'm going to respond to the call of God. I'm going to move toward the Lord. I'm going to get up from my impossible situation and I'm going to put my faith in God knowing that He's going to do everything He can to set me free. Why don't you lift your hands to the Lord right now and just pull after Him. God, we love you today, Lord. God, we're thankful. Move in this house, Lord, I pray, by the power of your Spirit. Loose your call. Pull on every heart, God. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Mm, There's a call of God right now. If you feel the Lord pulling on you, I don't care where you're at. I don't care what you've got to do to get down here. If you feel the pull of God, I want you to run down to this altar. I don't, I don't care what you've been through, where you've gone, who's in front of you. I don't care. The door is open right now. The door is open today. Just run down here and let the Lord know, you know what, God? I'm not okay with the separation either. I'm not okay with the distance. I'm not okay with where my life's headed. I'm not okay with the things that are going on in my world. I'm not okay with the bondage. I'm not okay with the destruction. I'm not okay with the unrest, unhappiness, Lord, and searching and wondering. I'm not okay. I'm running to you. I'm running to you. Come on, respond to the voice of the Lord. Run to God. He can fix it. He can help it. Come on. What's holding you back? you got to overcome it. Is your will to be set free greater than that that's stacked against you? The love of God is greater than your sin, greater than your bondage, greater than what you've done, greater than what you've been through. It's greater. It's greater. It will overcome the mercy of the Lord and the blood of Jesus Christ. It's greater. Respond to the call of God. Now's your time. This is why you came to Easter Sunday service. So you can get in the presence of the Lord. So you can close that gap. So you can get just a little bit closer to the call of God in your life. To the position and the purpose that He has called you to be in. Come on. This is it. It's in the church. It's responding to the call of God. It's responding to the voice of God. Don't hide like Adam did. Don't hide amongst the trees of the garden. Reveal yourself. Step out into the light and say, God, here I am. Heal me. Deliverance, God. Amen. Do the impossible, Lord.
pulling your heart. He's pulling you closer. Oh, not to judge you. Not to condemn you. But to change your world. Hallelujah. To make you happy. Satisfied on the inside. In the name of Jesus. Church, why don't you sing with them right now? Lift your hands to the Lord. Let the Spirit and the bride say,
Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church of Cambridge podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up with our weekly sermons. If you are in the Cambridge area, we invite you to join us on Sundays at 11 a.m. Again, thanks for listening and we hope to see you soon.